Well, howdy, Hootah Thunkers. This is the host of the Hootah Thunkin' Podcast, Zeb, coming at you. Episode 123, titled Quicksand. Pretty simple and easy. And that's what this episode's about, quicksand. A lot of things to talk about when it comes to quicksand. If you do hear a little bit of feedback in the background there, that's my AC. I usually turn it off. Not turn it off today. It's 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 hot as hell. I'm not, <laughs> That's staying on. If you can hear it, sorry. If you can't, great. Anyway, let's get into it. First, I got an announcement here. I dedicate this episode to my good friend Tanner Link. During my bachelor party this last weekend, my friend Devin Heffley and I were talking about some of my other episodes. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he his favorite's the Japan cow one, the one about Wagyu beef. That is when Tanner turned around and said, you know, what is quicksand? That is something I would want to learn more about. As a kid, I thought it was going to be a major problem to look out for, but I haven't encountered quicksand. What's going on? Haven't even seen it once. What's happening? So, okay. So I made an episode about quicksand and here you go. Uh, before we get into that, that was my announcements. Now we're into the recommendation segment here. This week, I recommend you watch The Terminal List on Amazon Prime. I do like action movies. Not all action movies or shows, as a lot of them have lazy writing that steals ideas from about 100 other plus action movies or shows um, that came before it. But some action stories stand out. The Terminal List, starring Chris Pratt, is a standout action story. You know, here's the plot. James Reese, played by Chris Pratt, returns home from his entire platoon of Navy SEALs, is ambushed, only to discover new dark forces working against him and endangering his loved ones are the ones he loves. So I wasn't sure if Chris, Chris Pratt's uh, if Chris Pratt could play a hard-hitting action hero in a serious story. Sure, he has played supporting character a supporting character as a Navy SEAL in Zero Dark Thirty, but he was just a side character. He didn't have much time on screen, and he was a bit goofy there anyway. And I know he has been awesome as Star-Lord in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies um, as a leading man, but he's comedic relief. You know, it's a comic comedic movie. And he's had a lot of other roles that are awesome. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Jurassic World series. Those movies are quite lame. However, it's not Chris Pratt that I dislike about it. Um, he has been in some movies that I was like, eh, not a big fan. But the, the movies I wasn't a fan of. Him, I am a fan of. I was surprised by how well he portrays an ultra-badass Navy SEAL commander in this show. He also worked out very hard for his role in as a Navy SEAL. Fitness training paid off. He looks jacked, miles away from the chubby Andy that he played uh, for Parks and Rec. So, uh, and I got some pictures of Parks and Rec, him in Zero Dark Thirty, Guards of the Galaxy, and in the Terminal List, and then a comparison of <laughs> Chris Pratt with a beer gut and Chris Pratt with a six-pack. You, you gotta respect the guy who goes... From being a chubby dude living out of his van going to auditions to now being um, a Navy SEAL in major roles. So it's pretty cool. Now for the main event, Quicksand. We all know about Quicksand. It haunted our childhoods as this ominous ground formation promised, promising nothing but a uh, horror-filled death that could be lurking around any corner. And... <laughs> I don't. I I do remember having personal fears of quicksand. I thought it was something unknown. How do I stop it? Nobody knows. But it was in so many movies from my childhood. It was in a lot of action adventure films as a trope that any patch of ground could be deadly. A character would be wandering around. All of a sudden, they would look down, and the camera would zoom out and reveal that they have been sinking into the ground to their demise. They would squirm to get free, but someone would always around always be around <clears throat> to remind them that struggling only made them sink faster 
which is, that's always part of it. If the character trapped in quicksand was lucky, they would have a rope or vine to try and get out. Most characters escaped, but just barely, while some others smothered with wet soil filling their lungs. Usually they had a hat or a scarf or something that would be left floating on the surface as a grim reminder of the quicksand victim. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, and according to the BBC, there are so many films featuring death by quicksand that Slate journalist Daniel Angbar has been tracked, has even tracked the peak quicksand years in film. In the 1960s, one in 35 films featured quicksand. They were in everything from Lawrence of Arabia to The Monkees. So lots of movies. Quicksand has claimed victims like Eddie Izzard. He was in, in Renegade Blueberry 2004. He stumbles into quicksand and drowns. William Shatner died. The Hound of the Baskervilles, a 1972 film. Um, he drowned in a pool of quicksand when the hound knocks him into it. <laughs> so I <laughs> thought that was great. Roy Scheider uh, in The Curse of the Living Corpse, 1964, drowned in quicksand when Hugh Franklin knocks him into it while Roy is trying to throw Candace Hillegas into the quicksand. Ron Perlman, he played Hellboy. I, my family calls him Lion Face because his jaw is huge. So Ron Perlman in Picture Windows Lightning, 1995 film. A lot of these films, a lot of these films are just obscure names I probably saw but don't remember very well. They're probably not great. Anyway, he was Ron Perlman played a plumber in Picture Windows Lightning, and he drowned in quicksand while Kathleen Quinlan looks on gleefully, refusing to help him. Gary Oldman. Everyone knows Gary Oldman, one of the greatest actors of all time. In the movie Sin, 2003, uh, he played a character called Charlie Strom, and he was shot to death by Ving Rhames and sinks into the quicksand. Ving Rhames, another big, awesome dude. There are other victims on films such as The Princess Bride, like a Lawrence Arabia as well. Most of these films were before the 2000s. Um, you know, you go back to the 60s, that's the heyday for quicksand. With most recent quicksand scene uh, coming to mind, um, coming from Mel Gibson's Apocalypto, with all of its historical inaccuracies, that movie was entertaining, and it was a it was a, it was a little bit more of an accurate kind of quicksand. It happens in like rainforests and, and tropical jungles. We'll get into that a little bit different uh, or a little bit later. Different kinds of quicksand. So yeah, that's where it all comes from. That's why people even that's why even quicksand's a thing. You uh, Gen Zers are probably like, what the hell are you talking about. I've heard of quicksand, but, you know, what's the big deal? Um, that's because it was everywhere. <laughs> it was in TVs. It was in TV shows, movies. It was like, oh, my gosh, you're going to die from quicksand. I even included a one-minute mashup on the blog in this part of the blog that just shows all the people dying of quicksand, <laughs> and it's hilarious and inaccurate. And a lot of time, the movie effects doesn't look at all what real quicksand looks like. It looks like just water that they put cork on or something that can easily float on top of water on top of it. So you can tell they can easily swim out of there. Real quicksand doesn't look like that. It's it's different. So what is the sinister material that has claimed the lives of such fictional Hollywood giants? Well, quicksand is made of sand. Shocker. Uh, sand and moisture, sand and water. Most or Sand is made of fine granular materials like silt and clay. What makes sand quicksand is when it becomes saturated with water. We've all seen wet sand <clears throat> and how it acts. It, it, it sticks together better than dry sand. But it's when it's saturated with water um, is when it becomes quicksand. Saturated is a specific word. It's not just something you say to be like, oh, I'm really wet. No, saturation is the state 
or process that occurs when no more of something can be absorbed, combined with, or added. So uh, another good example of saturation, my chemistry teacher, I think I've said this on another episode before, um, my chemistry teacher always pointed out that McDonald's iced, sweet iced tea is sat literally saturated with, with uh, salt, or not salt, sugar. It is so saturated that if you buy one, if you buy uh, a sweet iced tea from McDonald's and then just let it sit for like an hour, come back and look, there are crystals forming because there is so much sugar in the tea that the water cannot hold all that sugar anymore. It is so saturated. So the water causes the sand particles to separate and then can no longer support as much weight. So that's what happens. The water saturates the sand, just like the sugar saturates the water in the the iced tea there and then can't hold it and it goes from liquid to solid and back and forth and it's kind of wonky physics and we don't understand it because we don't we're not around that stuff all the time us humans this is why quick quicksand most commonly occurs in river deltas and like sea bays quicksand appears solid but behaves like a liquid and cannot support something with great enough mass such as an animal or person it is a spooky stuff on paper what actually happens when someone walks or runs onto quicksand well the idea is that whatever being or object steps in the water, saturated sand will become trapped and sink to the bottom. The more they struggle, the more they sink. So that's the that's the theory. That's what's that's proposed in movies. That's partially true. You can become quick, stuck in actual quicksand, but typically only the legs become submerged. They are dense, uh, but your torso, which contains air-filled lungs, is less likely to sink. The sand separates when it is stepped on. Something touches sand, it separates away from it. Uh, the sand moves away from the force that is exuded upon it. That makes the leg, or whatever whatever it is, sink further down. But when the sand mixes with water again, and the buoyancy increases, this allows the quicksand to support a dense object, like a liquid would, like water would. So then you can kind of float. So it's weird. Like I said, it goes from... When we, we exude force on it, some of that water is pushed away and the sand becomes a solid. You sink. It, it, it's, it's, it's confusing it, because it goes from solid to liquid. So when considering that quicksand occurs most frequently next to large bodies of water, <coughs> the danger increases. If someone is trapped in quicksand, possibly up to their waist or even like their neck, they are vulnerable. And because quicksand occurs most frequently in river deltas and bays, a high tide could drown the trapped victim. So that has happened. Um, here's a, a headline I'm going to read from the Daily Mail. Riddle, riddle of British mother of two found dead in Antigua Beach, where her uh, father was due to be married the next day. What happened was Nicola Raybone, a 33-year-old British tourist, tourist found dead in, in August of 2012 on the Caribbean island of Antigua. Uh, officials investigated this mysterious death and concluded that she was wandering that she had wandered onto quicksand and dried or and died when the high tide came in which it sounds like a horrible way to die the i don't know how, what was going through her mind the coroner said stated quote her family went to look for her but it was going dark it was easy to sink deep into the sand the beach sloped and it became pitch black the tide that night was very rough and very high and it claimed her life so people do die from quicksand it does happen Quicksand also becomes quite dense, and the pressure can cause damage to human tissue. If someone is trapped for too long, they can lose blood flow, like a constriction-type deal. That's not good. You don't want to lose blood flow. The intense pressure on your legs can also cause something called deep vein thrombosis. I saw, heard some guy say it on a video, a Nat, the Nat Geo video. 
uh, and I had to look it up. Deep vein thrombosis or DVT occurs when a blood clot from thrombus forms in one or more of the deep veins in the body, usually in the legs. Deep vein thrombosis can cause leg pain or swelling. Sometimes there are no noticeable symptoms. Um, you can get DVT if you have certain medical conditions that affect how the blood clots. So from blood thinners, you know, it, it prevents that kind of stuff. But anyway, you don't want blood clots. That's bad. That could, they, they, I think that could be fatal if you get a blood clot and it goes to your brain. So if someone is unlucky enough to become trapped up to their neck, this is very unlikely. It usually only goes up to like the waist. Um, but I guess it's possible depending on the, the, the kind of quicksand you're in. The pressure from the concrete-like quicksand can inhibit proper breathing as well. So um, depending on what kind of quicksand you have, there's some in the rainforest. There's some out by the river deltas and bays. And there's also dry quicksand. We'll get into that a little bit. So what's the science behind quicksand here? Daniel Bond from the University of Amsterdam was in Iran when he saw signs by a lake warning visitors of the dangers of quicksand. This is straight from the BBC here, this paragraph. Um, yeah, <laughs> he saw dangers of quicksand. He took a small sample back to his lab, analyzed the uh, proportions of clay, salt, and water, and then recreated quicksand for his experiment. So he made quicksand himself of the same stuff that it was made of in, that, in nature. Bond's research showed uh, that just to release one foot, you would need to provide a force of 100,000 newtons. That's the equivalent of the strength to lift a, like a medium-sized car, like an SUV. So Bond's team found that salt was an essential ingredient because it increased the instability of quicksand, leading to the formation of these dangerous areas of thick sediment. But then another team... <clears throat> this time from Switzerland and Brazil, discovered a kind of quicksand that doesn't need salt. They tested samples from shores of a lagoon in northeastern Brazil. They found the bacteria formed a crust on the top of the soil, giving the impression of a stable surface, uh, but when stepped on, the surface collapsed. So this is like the rainforest quicksand, a little bit more dangerous. But even then, the good news is that the basins formed from this kind of soil are very rarely deeper than the height of a human. So even if someone did slip into the quicksand, the tropical quicksand, they wouldn't drown. Um, so it is possible, but, you know, all this stuff. So what to do if you are tra trapped in quicksand? Prevention can be the most effective tool. Quicksand doesn't envelop you uh, up to your waist instantly. It takes anywhere from 5 to 10 minutes to be submerged up to your waist in supersaturated quicksand, the stuff you find by rivers. So the best thing to do is try to get out of it yourself. You find yourself stepping yeah, stepping in some stuff, you just get out of there. I know that's usually, if you're listening to this podcast, you, you Google, you're in quicksand right now and you're drowning and you're going, someone help me, I'm stuck in quicksand. And everyone's thinking it's a prank and no one's coming to help you. And you're like, oh, I'm going to Google it real quick. You found this podcast. That first one's not very helpful. <laughs> the whole prevention. I always hate that when you, 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 you Google like how to treat poison ivy and it's like, stay away from it. Well, too late, dickhead. It, it's, it's already on me. So anyway, first one's prevention. That's always the most frustrating response. So anyway, you're past that point. You cannot get out of the quicksand. First thing you want to do is call for help. Uh, panicking does not, it doesn't help. Never panic. I always make that joke when I'm playing video games with my buddies. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm like, first thing you want to do is panic. <laughs> no, don't panic. It makes things worse. You're going to freak out. You can't think rationally. Try to stay calm. It's easier said than done. But try. It can be terrifying to realize you are virtually helpless and stuck, but there is a very good chance you will get out of this, so just try to chill. 
You might have a crappy day because of the quicksand, but chances are you're not going to die. Try to call for help and urge someone to call Coast Guard Rescue. They are trained to help in these types of situations. However, if someone's like, I'm calling the police, and you're like, nah, call the Coast Guard. Cops don't know what to do. No, anybody, any kind of rescue is good. I'm just saying, typically, most Coast Guards are good with quicksand. Uh, <laughs> don't be like, oh, I don't need a firefighter. Give me a Coast Guard. No, get any rescue you can, and that'll work. But know that the extraction procedure isn't simple. Rescue crews usually bring a big, lightweight board uh, with a hole cut out of the middle. That hole is for you because they need to get around you. They place the board around the victim and use the board to distribute their weight while they work on getting you out. The force necessary to get a victim out of quicksand can be equivalent to the force needed to tow a car, like I said. So it's not very easy. So they have their work cut out for them. It's going to be a while. Rescue crews will use like this big hose attached to a special pole with a couple holes in the pole. And the water's coming out of that hose. And that's to flood the area around the trapped victim. Let's say your legs are, are, are trapped. They're going to take that pole. They're going to stand on their little special board. Take that pole. Shove it down next to your, your leg. And they're going to flush it with water. That water sort of makes it that you can move your leg out, right? Not right away. It's not going to be like taking your leg out of a puddle. It's still really dense stuff. So it's going to take a while. But they'll get you out, okay? <clears throat> the uh, Like I said, oversaturated saturates the quicksand and increases the buoyancy that allows you to come out um and we'll go into more in-depth rules as to what to do but if no one is around to call for rescue try to sit down and lie down so you're just screwed you're in quicksand no one's there to help you it's already up to your waist what do you do try to sit down like lay back this makes your footprint like your distribution of weight bigger um, it distributes your weight out more evenly and makes it more difficult for the quicksand to separate around you, aka makes it slower that you sink or that you don't sink at all. According to the BBC, you need to wiggle your leg in a, in, uh, a little in order to introduce water to the sand around your feet to liquefy the sand again. The idea is to stay calm, which might be easier said than done. Lean back and spread out to spread your weight more evenly and wait until you float back up to the surface. So that was the official advice from the BBC, okay? <laughs> Wiggle your leg, let water come in so it could liquefy the sand. Lean back, spread out to spread your weight more evenly and wait until you float back up to the surface. Somehow, that did not reassure me. <laughs> I love how ambiguous and confusing that is. Wiggle and wait to float back up to the top. I don't... It, my brain does not comprehend how the hell that works. <laughs> Get in quicksand, lay in it, and wiggle a little bit, and just wait. <laughs> I the physics of that make very little sense to me, <laughs> but that's the official—that's the official advice there. <laughs> so let's recap for a second here what we've learned so far before I pivot this podcast a little bit. Quicksand was made to look like a major dangerous threat for decades by Hollywood. But it doesn't work like that. Quicksand is actually sand that behaves like liquid after becoming saturated with water. But it doesn't kill like it does in the movies because quicksand is denser than the human body. Pretty simple. Our limbs might get stuck, but we won't sink completely. Avoid quicksand, but if stuck, you can call for help or try to lay flat to distribute your weight. From the Encyclopedia Britannica, moving won't cause you to sink. In fact, slow Back and forth movements can actually let water into the cavity around a trapped limb, loosening the quicksand's hold. Getting out will take a while, though. Physics have, or er, physicists, 
Physicists have calculated that the force required to extract your foot from quicksand at a rate of one centimeter per second is roughly equal to the force needed to lift a medium-sized car. I've said that three times now. It's You're stuck, man. You're in cement. You're in freaking cement. One genuine danger is that a person who is immobilized in quicksand could be engulfed and drowned by an incoming tide. Quicksands often occur in tidal areas, but even these types of accidents are very rare. So that's the overall synopsis. If you're stuck in it, you got some things to do here. You gotta first try to avoid it, aka you're already stuck in it. That's not helpful. Call for help. Chances are there's somebody around. You can't get that. (laughs) You lay back, wiggle, and wait. (laughs) Which sounds stupid, but three different sources have told me that so far. Okay. (laughs) I probably just will avoid the crap. Okay. So that's all fine and dandy. Quicksand isn't nearly as dangerous as the movie's making out to be. But I just watched a dude from National Geographic show, I Didn't Know That. Sounds like who'd have thunk it. But anyway, (laughs) I watched the guy voluntarily jump into quicksand, and it looked absolutely terrifying. Remember, this is for a show. Let me explain explain the video. I I was mind blown. I kept reading all these things that said, quicksand is not that dangerous. You're fine. Calm down. And then I watched this video and I was like, uh-uh, still don't want to get near it. It's, it is terrifying. So <laughs> the video is at the bottom of the blog if you'd like to check it out. It's like two minutes long. It's not very long. This Nat Geo guy went to the UK. And there's a village there that has tons of quicksand due to the town's geography and their river. He went to the local Coast Guard, which, you know, they have tons of experience with quicksand rescue. And they made sure that they were on standby to rescue him. Um, when he just stood in the, the muckiest spot possible, like the worst quicksand, which makes sense. After I read how quicksand isn't nearly as dangerous as you think from a bunch of sources, I expected to be underwhelming and the host of the show would just get up and laugh and, and you know, how tame the whole experience was. But that's not what happened. Nerdy Nat Geo guy, I think his name's Johnny, Nat, Nerdy Nat Geo guy started to sink and he was excited because it was his first time experiencing such a thing. I probably would be excited too um, because as long as I thought that I was safe and I had someone there to rescue me, I would definitely be, you know, in that quicksand. I, I would definitely want to experience it. And while this is all going on, the most senior Coast Guard guy by the name of George, with all his many, many wrinkles and tough exterior, was calm and almost bored looking. Meanwhile, the Nat Geo guy is like, okay, he seems pretty calm. He's a rescue guy. I'm in this stuff. It's supposed to be deadly, but I've, I've heard rumors it's not that deadly. He's sinking. He's in his way, up to his waist now. And that nerdy Nat Geo guy, science guy named Johnny, started to express panic. He's, <laughs> he starts going, um, I'm beginning to feel a little uncomfortable here, George, to the Coast Guard guy. He's like, I, hey, George, everything okay? He goes, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you're in a tough spot. And he's like, okay, I'm uncomfortable about this whole situation. Could you please start rescuing me? And he goes, what's that? Hey. <laughs> It was, it was kind of funny. Johnny's like, no, no, I'm scared now. Get me out of here. George's like, oh, all right. I'll get, I'll get him over here. Please save you. <laughs> it almost seemed like the Coast Guard George guy was like drunk because he was like indifferent to the situation. So it's a, good, it's a good video. As Nat Geo Johnny was asking to be rescued, the Coast Guard was casually telling him how it could stop the blood flow, could cause that blood clot, the, the deep vein thrombosis. And he's like, yeah, this is pretty dangerous. You could get hypothermia. You could drown. You could stop your blood flow. You could even get a blood clot, go to your brain and die. Isn't that interesting? Nacho guy's like, why? Why did you let me do this? <laughs> so I was like, oh, shit, this dude's in danger. So even if you get <laughs> even if you get your nerve and start wiggling your way to freedom, 
you um, then you would have to be strained after an hour of only making very little progress to get yourself free. And that's what's happening. Even with these rescue crews, they're all exhausted. Everyone's exhausting themselves. And I'm like, this doesn't look like something they've done a billion times and like could guarantee his safety. He's doing this for a TV show. And it looks like there is a possibility that he's just going to die here. So, <laughs> so the whole situation didn't seem as casual as all the encyclopedia encyclopedia sources said it was it seemed downright horrible and i think most people would immediately start panicking when they realized they were completely immobilized so my conclusion is that quicksand doesn't work like it does in the movies but you should you know you should definitely avoid it <laughs> just because it's not like the movies at the very least you're going to be exhausted dirty wet and have a bunch of rescue people disgruntled and it's going to ruin your day that's the best case scenario at the worst case scenario you'll be drowned and dead you know, that is for uh, that is for wet quicksand. Dry quicksand is a little bit different. It's a different story. If you fall into something like an agricultural silo full of grain, that's dry quicksand. You better hope there is help that can rescue you and that it's very close by. Let me give you some stories here. There was a farmer from Germany who fell into a big grain store silo back in 2002. He was able to call for help and a family member called for rescue. But by the time fire and rescue arrived and were able to determine the silo that the man was trapped in, there was eight of them. They're like, which tank is he yelling from? Once they figured that out, they got in there. He was already stuck up to his armpits and sinking fast. So I said earlier, I think when you when you get stuck, it's somewhere between five to ten minutes. So it does take some time. Dry quicksand, a little bit quicker than that. So every time this farmer would take a breath, it made his chest heave in and out. This made the grain fill in the room left every time exhale and increase the pressure on his chest so every time he's breathing he's breathing out his chest goes in and the grain fills that he sinks a little bit more it's scary they were able to get a doctor to see the farmer and provide a source of oxygen i'm i saw videos of <laughs> i said this is on movies not not this particular incident but i saw videos of people giving putting a, a hose in someone's mouth and be like here you go at least you can breathe it's terrifying. So <laughs> they were able to get a doctor to see the farmer and provide a source of oxygen in case he sunk below his head. The doctor also put a harness around his chest. Everything's looking good. That's going to pull him out. The harness is great. But that is when the farmer started to have severe chest pains from the pressure. So if he does sink down, that might crush his chest. That's not good. And on top of that, <laughs> the doctor was incapacitated by an asthma attack that was caused by the grain in the silo, the grain dust. So... The guy who's saving you, like, as you're sinking below the grain, <laughs> your vision's going going dark. You see the one guy saving you, start going like, oh, I need my inhaler. You're like, oh, shit. So it's, it's not good. Luckily, this story ends well with the firefighters coming up with a unorthodox plan. They lowered a cylinder over the farmer's body, like a big old cylinder, and <clears throat> sucked the grain out with an industrial vacuum. Pretty cool. This kept the grain from falling any tighter around the farmer, and he survived. I liked it, but that is not the typical result from someone sinking into dry quicksand. A farmer in the UK was inspecting his corn stock for weevil infestation when the grain gave way beneath him. The weevils, along with condensation and germination, had weakened the dry corn and created room for the massive pile to shift and beneath his feet. This had also caused solid, a solid layer to build up at the top of the silo, uh, which the farmer, Mr. Nichols, decided needed to be cleared and able to the silo, for the silo to be emptied. <clears throat> when he climbed into the silo and began delivering buckets of the corn, when he pile, what, yeah, 
So he climbed in, started delivering buckets of corn out of the silo. When the pile he was standing on gave way, he starts falling. He began to sink fast, like really, really fast. Mr. Nichols' relative and farmhand, Mark, went in after him, but couldn't find Mr. Nichols with his frantic digging. Quote, as soon as he went, I jumped in straight after and tried to dig to dig down to him, uh, but I couldn't reach him. Could you imagine digging through corn? It's not like it's not like hard ground. This is corn. You can move huge piles of it pretty quickly, especially if you're like a strong farmer. He's digging frantically, cannot even catch up to the guy. Terrifying. That's why they put it in movies. It's it's really it's a spectacle. Mark raised an alarm, but at, uh, but because Mark Mr. Nichols. Uh, didn't have a harness on when he went in all rescue crews pretty much considered him dead almost immediately there's nothing they can do besides you know blowing up the bottom of the silo and hoping he falls out which they're not going to do that's probably not going to help anybody apparently this happens quite frequently and everyone is discouraged from ever entering a silo um with free-flowing grain that dry stuff so yeah that's horrifying i still think wet quicksand is horrible i started this episode thinking i was going to Totally debunk quicksand and how it wasn't dangerous at all. And turns out that wet quicksand is still terrifying experience. And the best case scenario, like I said, where rescue crews show up are and they're on standby and you can you can still die from it, you know? Um, so it, it's 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 quicksand is terrifying. <laughs> and dry quicksand is almost a guaranteed death. The only reassuring thing is why it hasn't been a problem in our daily lives as adults compared to all the old movies we watched as kids with our parents the reassuring thing is that you probably won't encounter quicksand in your life just be cautious around sandy waterways rainforests wet concrete and grain silos and you should be fine it's pretty rare stuff so thanks for listening who to thunkers that was a lot longer than i thought it'd be the quicksand episode uh tune in next week thanks for listening who to thunkers